It takes a lot of courage to be able to look at our belief systems and those neural pathways that maybe aren't serving us. But the good news is that when we have the courage to look at them, we can choose to change them. Welcome to Energetic Intelligence for Entrepreneurs, the podcast that guides spiritually curious professionals like you into soul-inspired success without sacrificing who you are to get there. Creative pursuits with impact, expansion through alignment, personal growth for professional gains. With your host, Beth Perry. Hey everyone, I want to drop a quick invitation before we get started today that if you haven't already taken our free quiz to go discover what is your success superpower. I can't wait to learn more about you. Enjoy today's episode. When I was about eight years old, I made a decision that I was a bad person. There was a traumatic experience. And to this day, I remember the feel of the stairway banister under my hand. I remember looking up at the darkness and I could hear the Charlie Brown special playing in the background over in the light in the other room that actually seemed miles away. Time stood still and I knew something bad was happening to a friend of mine. An authority figure that was well-trusted had been left with a group of us kids. And I didn't protect my friend. When the police were called the next day, I felt like it was all my fault because I had gone and hid. I didn't go back in and watch TV but I didn't go upstairs. I went and hid under the stairs. So I went into the darkness and it wasn't until probably my mid twenties that I feel like I really came out of it. The power of an intense emotional experience forms neural pathways in our brain. And as I talk to you today about the mental pillar in the energetic intelligence blueprint, I want to share the power of neuroplasticity and how much power we have to shift our mindset. And I also feel like this is a really hard pillar to separate from the others because of how intricately intertwined it is with both the physical and emotional sides, but I'm going to do my best because they are individual pillars for a reason, and they are all intricately intertwined, which is why I've created this blueprint. Making that decision that I was a bad person was not logical, but it was so deeply embedded because of the intense emotions I had and because of the physical experience that I had with those emotions that It created two kinds of biases that I think are really important to talk about today. Number one is the biological bias. And this is when beliefs are formed, they are not based on fact. As much as our brains are the place that we process logical information, beliefs 
are also embedded into our neural pathways. In fact, it was in 1949 that Donald Hebb discovered that what fires together wires together. And this process of biological bias is based in the beliefs that are formed in our neural pathways. They're really just strong opinions at best. They're not actually facts, but they feel like facts to us. But when you think about it, we actually defend our beliefs, which are not fact. They are based in our interpretation of the facts passionately. All you have to do is look at the most recent Facebook thread where you see a strong opinion about politics or religion or pick your hot topic, and you will see people going to war over their beliefs. There are facts that they reference, but most often it is their interpretation of the facts that leads to their willingness to so passionately defend it. This is the biological bias that I'm referring to, which is based on the a premise of self-preservation, because here's the brain's job. Number one is to keep us alive. And number two is to be right, because if we're wrong about the rules and beliefs that lead to the decisions and behaviors in our life, then we might die. At the core of it, that's what it is. If we are wrong, we might die. If a grizzly bear is running at us, and if we choose to stay and we're wrong, we could die. So having trust in our decisions from a mental perspective, from a mindset perspective, is a self-preservation biological bias. Now, this does not make our thoughts necessarily right or wrong. But for example, when I decided that I was a bad person, that became my truth. My interpretation of the facts of the situation were that I was responsible to a point. I could allow the logical information in that I hadn't hurt my friend. But my interpretation of the facts were I didn't protect my friend. And that led to the belief that I was a bad person. Now, how this played out over the next few decades of my life meant that I had a lot of trouble receiving good things in my life unless I had worked really, 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 really hard for it, or unless I had sacrificed something I loved for it. Wasn't the most awesome way to go through life. The second bias I want to make sure to talk about is the negativity bias. And this is most simply stated that. As humans, we give more importance to negative experiences than we do to positive or neutral ones. And this is true even if the negative experience is fairly insignificant or inconsequential. So when it's actually at a trauma level negative experience, it just exponentially increases the, the power of these neural pathways and these beliefs and these truths that our mind is storing to keep us alive. We have over a hundred trillion neural connections in our brain. And I want to promise you that there is so many positive outcomes from what I'm going to share with you today. I'm also willing to go into the shadow side of things and talk about the, the deep, dark, messy parts of how we as humans go through life. Because if we can't look at the shadows, then we can't find the light. 
So this mental pillar in the energetic intelligence blueprint is about learning how to process the logical information in a way that opens up to our potential. And it requires a, a level of personal responsibility, especially in this area, because where focus goes, energy flows. So if we're focusing on what's not working, we're going to be reinforcing the neural pathways that stuff isn't working. The, the years that I spent focusing on why I was a bad person led to more and more reasons coming up about why I was a bad person. I didn't have a great relationship with my body. I didn't have successful romantic relationships. I didn't have actually healthy friendships. Even though I was a good friend to other people, I wasn't doing it in a way that was healthy for me. M my whole money situation, I was constantly focused on running out of money or not having enough money or worrying about money. And because our brain, that biological bias of wanting to be right, I was constantly experiencing proof that money runs out, there's not enough money, and, and all the other parts of my money story. So when we think about this pillar, the good news is what fires together, wires together, maybe sounded like bad news when I shared it with you earlier, because I had a traumatic experience where I made the decision that I was a bad person, and then that wired together. So every time something popped up, that felt similar, it reinforced that belief that I was a bad person. But the good news is, is that we can actually rewire our neural pathways. Neuroplasticity has been proven as true. Just like for however many centuries, people thought the world was flat because they couldn't see beyond what their physical eyes were taking in. But when they actually got into motion and were willing to be adventurous and sail out to the horizon, nobody fell off the cliff at the end of the earth because the world is actually round. And now it has been proven. So sometimes it takes a little bit of trust. It takes a lot of courage to be able to look at our belief systems and, and those neural pathways that maybe aren't serving us. But the good news is that when we have the courage to look at them, we can choose to change them. Now, on a more lighthearted note, by doing this work myself for years and years and years, I got to the point where I knew I was a good person. I had actually completely rewired that. And I had other intense experiences that were so positive, like falling in love with my husband and marrying him. Just because it was a positive belief didn't necessarily mean it served me because my belief was formed in my interpretation of the facts. And a few years into our marriage, we actually had a massive disconnect that makes me so grateful for the work I had chosen to do and the, all the certifications and trainings and courses and programs that I have from over the years. The fact that I get to serve clients in our signature year-long mentorship and the private clients that I work with, the level that I'm able to serve at, not just because of my trainings, but because of my life experience and having embodied it in this way. If all that would have led to is my marriage being what it is today, it would have been worth it. But my beliefs didn't match his beliefs. Our expectations weren't lining up. And a few years into our marriage, 
it created some major disconnect. But we chose to walk through that discomfort and growth together. Honestly, there was some phases where we weren't sure that even though we were choosing to walk through it together, we weren't sure that we were going to end up staying together. And we had to check in with each other regularly. There was so much uncertainty in that. And again, our brains are hardwired to keep us safe and to be right. So imagine both of us going through this process and trying to share it with each other. It was not easy, let me tell you. But it was a process of understanding on a deeper level what I mentioned before that what fires together wires together. I want you to think about one of your most traveled driving routes or train routes or subway routes, however it is that you commute around in your local area. And we'll just pretend this is a highway for this example. But a highway is you can go fast, you can go easy. It's almost on autopilot. You don't really have to think. In fact, a lot of times you can just put cruise control on and go with the flow. And we, we don't have to be actively involved. This is 90% of our life. By the time we're 35 years old, 90% of our thoughts, feelings, and actions are essentially on autopilot based on our past experiences, our past thoughts and beliefs. It's based on what our neural pathways have been trained to do. So this is our highway in our brain. And when we realize I'm driving on autopilot, I'm driving on a highway, and I don't like where this highway is taking me, the good news is that there's lots of different exits we can get off of. And sometimes it can feel scary. Sometimes it can be a decision that we make if you would rather walk a nature trail instead of drive on a highway, we have that option. All we have to do is choose the nature pathway that we want. Now, it might be overgrown at first, but if we're willing to consistently hack away at these overgrown weeds and and expose this beautiful pathway that's available to us, the more time we spend doing that, the highway starts to break down. Nobody's filling the potholes. The highway isn't getting used. The highway starts to get overgrown and it can become our new autopilot to go down a road that feels pleasurable for us instead of either not feeling anything at all or that maybe even feels painful or that we don't like where we end up. So all of this work, how do we rewire our neural pathways? How was I able to go from an absolute undisputable truth of mine that I was a bad person to an undeniable absolute truth that I was a good person and deserving of love and abundance and success and respect and loyalty and all the things I have in my life now. Part of it was consistency, but it was also about learning how to use our logic the information my brain was giving me and work with it instead of against it. One part of this is about respecting perspective and allowing myself to entertain the possibility that someone else's belief could be equally, if not more, air quotes, right than mine. And giving myself permission to what I like to refer to as try on clothes mentally. 
not actually like envisioning myself in a super awesome outfit where I look smoking hot, although that's fun too, but to actually imagine trying on a belief with a complete detachment as if I was trying on something at the store. If I tried on an outfit and I loved how it looked on the rack, put it on, I'm like, actually, this doesn't feel comfortable. This doesn't feel good. Or this really doesn't flatter who I am. This doesn't match with my body. I would have no issues with just being like, oh, put that back on the rack, try another one. And this is what I mean about trying on clothes with our thoughts, with our beliefs, giving ourselves permission to explore and respect other people's perspectives, and then reframe. Like this is an option that we have. There is always a reframe option. And many times this goes in baby steps. You know, I didn't go from, I'm a completely horrible person who doesn't deserve anything good to ever come into my life to, I am a hundred percent sure that I am a good person. And I know that I deserve all these things. It wasn't either, or there was a lot of baby steps. It was more like I went from this extreme belief that I was a bad person to, okay, I'm a bad person but I'm not so bad that I don't at least deserve a roof over my head and a crappy car. I can't have a nice car, but I I would allow myself to have a crappy car. And then it got to the point where, okay, I, I know that I'm a bad person and I don't deserve everything I want, but I can have some of the things I want. And I continued taking baby steps and I continued rewiring my neural pathways based on new perspectives and giving myself permission to reframe my current truths. All it takes is one example. When we have a belief or a rule or a mindset position about success or health or relationships or money or happiness, it only takes one example to prove that our truth, as we have known it up until now, maybe isn't a law. All it takes is one person that's done the thing you want to do that becomes proof that it it isn't actually true that you can't have it, do it, be it. And that can be uncomfortable sometimes because if we believe, well, I can't have it, I can't do it, I can't be that, I can't be that successful or that loved or that wealthy or that happy or that traveled or that relaxed. If all of a sudden, actually I could. Now that opens up a whole nother set of beliefs. Now we have to look at exactly how much are we going to allow ourselves and and all the other rules like, well, you can, but only if you X, Y, Z. And I did that for a long time too, that I, I kind of already touched on. But the real bringing this all together type thing is that the energetic intelligence blueprint is designed in a way And actually, it's at the point where this is so much bigger than me. It's not that I even designed this. It's just that this design is what is so obvious to me now after everything I've lived and studied and been through that the connections are undeniable in this way. But the beauty of the design is that we can take our conscious effort, which we have for maybe 5% of the time. And if we're intentional about how we are being in our conscious power, 
we can use that 5% of access that we have to rewire our subconscious. I love the example that Jack Canfield uses where he talks about horses. And if you picture your brain, like there's a hundred horses pulling your brain in, you know, whatever direction they're running. And you have your conscious is maybe 20 of these horses pulling in one direction towards your goal, towards your self-worth, towards your power, towards your abundance, towards your lovability, towards your happiness. And then you have these other 80 horses pulling in an opposite direction of you're not good enough. You're not worth it. You can't have it for whatever reason. Who's going to win? I don't care if it's 20 of the strongest horses ever and eight like tiny little ponies. They're going to overpower just by sheer force. So the goal is not to power through or force and drag our subconscious along with us. It's actually about rewiring, redirecting how our subconscious is working so that it's essentially getting those 80 horses to pull in the same direction as the 20. And with all 100 horses pulling in the same direction, this is when we become magnificent in our power and in our alignment and in our ability to create in a way that feels good and actually does good. And it is a process to rewire. And there are certain modalities that can help at different circumstances. If there's a traumatic experience, EMDR therapy can be really powerful. NLP with a trusted practitioner can come in and help you shift these things very quickly. There's also the whole do-it-yourself aversion where you can learn from different modalities and start just implementing in your life, taking some time for meditation to really get out of a stress mode and as survival mode and, and activate the prefrontal cortex of our brain, which stimulates a relaxation mode, which puts us into a more optimal state for shifting our neural pathways. I get so excited about this because we're not doomed. I can remember making that decision from so long ago but I don't feel it anymore. It's not my truth anymore. I didn't lose my memory of it. I just was able to shift what that memory means to me. So much so to the point that a few years ago, I was actually approached by the abuser from this situation and I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't you know, necessarily prepared for it, but I was because I was no longer a little girl who thought she was the bad person. I was able to stand in my truth and my power and be completely unrattled by him. And in fact, it was something I believe he was anticipating getting a rush from making me feel bad. And he didn't get that satisfaction. I guarantee you, whatever coping mechanism he's had to live with himself for so many years, his belief systems were probably rattled. and. I'm proud of that. And it actually gave me the courage to reach out to another abuser I had encountered later in my life and take my power back in that situation as well. So, you know, at the end of the day, our brains are not meant to be in the driver's seat of our life, but they are incredible co-pilots that we want to make sure we take good care of. We want to listen to the feedback they're giving to us like a co-pilot would like, hey, watch out, there's cars speeding up. Hey, watch out, looks like there's traffic ahead. Hey, a storm is coming in. Do the windshield wipers work? 
we want to respect and value the feedback while also remembering that the brain alone is not meant to be in the driver's seat. And society doesn't necessarily support that all the time. We're taught in schools, pros and cons list, where a lot of tests are yes or no. So many things in society, we want to respect the gray area and not be so quick to jump into absolute rights and absolute wrongs. They do exist in our moral code, but in our logical brain, when we focus on this pillar, when we can recognize that we're getting logical information and start to understand how your brain is hardwired to process it and then get the power of choice, the power of freedom to redefine. If you don't like how you're processing that information, we can upgrade that computer system, your human operating system. It is a choice. If you don't like how it's running, you have choice. And you don't have to just rewire your brain. There's so many ways that we can support the neural pathways, learning to have what fires together. We can rewire by changing what's firing using the different pillars of the energetic intelligence blueprint. I hope this gets you jazzed up and excited to continue exploring how this plays into your everyday life, into your business, into how you feel every day when you look in the mirror, knowing that you are so beautifully created. And however you have been hardwired, whether through experiences or choices or decisions or well-meaning influences in your life, I hope you feel really excited about the power that you have to rewire. Not only is it possible, but also it doesn't have to be super hard or take a long time because we're not just working on your mindset. When we go into developing your energetic intelligence, any area of any of these pillars that we talk to are going to have a positive impact on all the others. So I can't wait to hear how today resonated with you. I look forward to seeing you as part of our community and continuing to support you. I appreciate you listening and leaving a review. Look forward to staying connected. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review. And remember, it's great to have someone tell you what worked for them but it's better to have someone show you what will work for you. Until next time, I believe in you.